Beast OCR proudly presents BeastNet Podcast, sponsored in part by GH Under's Performance Base Layers and supported by the OCR community. Here we discuss all things OCR related. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey everybody, welcome to the BeastNet Podcast. Uh, I'm your host as always, Mike. And I've got Ted Kiley, who apparently I've been saying his name wrong for two years. <laughs> Ted Kiley on the phone uh, with Ben Chateau. Um, Ted, go ahead and uh, introduce Ben. Um, you wanted to have him on the podcast, and that's why I thought it'd be fun to have all three of us so you could really talk about him. Uh, you bet. I, uh, I think most of the people know on the team uh, have been fighting a lot of injuries the last year or so. Um, ben, I have known Ben for probably close to five, six years, Jim Buddy, CrossFit. Um, he runs OCR as well, um, mostly the Boise Sprint. Um, I don't know if he leaves town much. Anyway, uh, Ben is my physical therapist, and he also has three books published as well, um, which I believe you will share yeah. uh, the link with everybody, and I have shared the link in the past as well. Uh, so, everybody, um, warm welcome to my buddy, Ben Chateau. Hey, nice to be on the podcast. I appreciate the invite. It's always uh, fun to get to talk to some new people, Mike. Um, and yeah. then uh, Ted's always good for a few laughs, so that's perfect, too. <laughs> Ted's good for a few laughs when he can hear you. <laughs> what? <That's right>. Exactly. <laughs> <Take it> on, <laughs> Mike. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you know, Ted kind of said that you're his physical therapist and you've got three books. Kinda, you know, give us a background into who Ben is. Yeah, no, I'd love to do that. Um, I've been a physical therapist for a while, um, going on 14 years now, so that's making me feel a little bit old. Um, I'm also technically, I think, a master's athlete now, which is bogus as far as I'm concerned, but um, it does help when you're trying to you know, <laughs> in certain time zones. Um, and, you know, I really wasn't overly athletic uh, for a long period of time, and then after PT school, got into running and um, did some marathons, half marathons, and really enjoying that, and then got into CrossFit, and that's when I met Ted. And I've been doing CrossFit over at CrossFit Station there in Eagle, um, I think five or six years. I don't know the exact time. Um, and then, you know, it's kind of a natural progression, melding two things you like to do, running and CrossFit. So OCR is um, kind of an interesting meld between the two. It's a lot of fun. And so uh, do that as well when I get a chance. Ted's right. These days, I don't get to leave town quite as much. I opened a new clinic there um, right next to CrossFit Station in Eagle, so that's been keeping me super busy. Um, but I get nice. to work with a lot of athletes, and that's uh, that's always fun, um, whether they're runners, you know, CrossFit, CrossFit folks or uh, OCR folks. Um, got a couple of them I'm working with right now. You know, accidents happen, and that's the price you pay for, for having a good time. And so hopefully we can just get everybody patched back up and out there on the course again. And then awesome. also... Yeah, and I'm also a nerd, so, you know, when I don't have anything to do, which is almost never, um, I get up early and uh, write a blog and uh, wrote, uh, I've got three books under my belt and a few more I'm working on. Um, and on my blog, there's shameless, shameless, shameless promotion here at thephysicaltherapyadvisor.com is uh, <laughs> where you can find it. I, I write lots of stuff. We give out all, it's all free, so training advice you know, rehab advice. So if anybody's got something they've tweaked or they've hurt, I would search there first. And I oftentimes will have different rehab protocols and advice on what to do uh, to self-treat. So I'm big into empowering people to kind of 
treat themselves, and then when that doesn't work anymore, if it's really bad, then uh, come and see me. Happy to, happy to help. Um, or, you know, shoot me an email, and if I can help you, you know, via email, happy to do that too. And that's awesome. It's awesome to have that kind of someone in your back corner. You know, we talk a lot on the podcast about injuries, and I know Ted's been going through some, some good ones too. Um, all of us have. I, I talked to you before we did the podcast, you know, the other day and told you, you know, I have everyone on the podcast knows about my, my foot injury that I've been trying to come back from. So, you know, we, we've all got different things we're going through that we're trying to get past. So, I mean, it's good to have someone like you in our corner. Um, I'll make sure, you know, like I said, I'll get links to your, your, your blog and your email and stuff like that so that we can give the listeners a way to get a hold of you if you, if they so choose. So, um, Tell us a little bit about your books. I mean, you, you talk about your blog, and it talks about, you know, different injuries and stuff like that and how to do that. But I know your books are more specific, aren't they? Yeah, the books definitely go into a lot more detail uh, than you'll find on the blog. And it's more organized, obviously, too, where the blog, you know, there's certain posts on certain bits of information that might be relevant for a person. Um, so I've got one on overtraining and just kind of what it is, how to prevent it. Um, and then how to, you know, how to recover from it if you, if you are overtrained, which is a common in the CrossFit world for sure, and definitely in the endurance runners. Um, and I'd say OCR folks are kind of somewhere in the middle there. Um, I don't see it overtraining quite as much with the groups I've worked with. Um, then I've got a book on uh, low back pain, treating and preventing low back pain. Um, and it's really geared more towards athletics and people that are, you know, more active. There's a lot of self-treatment books on low back pain. Most of them are kind of crappy, in my opinion, where, you know, hey, do yoga, you know, and all this general advice, which is great. I mean, it's not bad advice, but it doesn't really, like, help you. So I really tried to write the book where, okay, if you're hurting, I'm going to read this thing. You can go step by step. Okay, I can do this. I can do that. Okay, and then I do this and I do that and try to really self-recover um, from that pain. Mm-hmm. And then I've done the same thing for ankle sprains and strains, which is pretty common throughout their trail running or you oh, know, yeah. doing any type of obstacle course racing. Um, there's just a lot of ankle sprains. And unfortunately, the problem with ankle sprains is they're really, really common. And some people blow them off, you know, like, oh, yeah, I rolled my ankle, tape it up and get back out there. Um, but, you know, there's more to it than that oftentimes. And if you'll just spend a little extra TLC trying to rehab that ankle sprain, uh, then you're less likely to get hurt the next time, and you're going to race better because when you when you have an unstable ankle, it's really hard to go above the wall and stuff, and you know feel good about it because you're worried if your ankle is going to go out from me under you again, and so people really should take them a little bit more seriously than I think they do, and it's it's just because from you know age 10 on or whatever we've all rolled our ankle and you just get up and you go with it, but rolling your ankle yeah. when you're 10 is not the same when you roll it at 40 and you know, you got to, you got to give it a little TLC. And then sometimes, you know, really bad things happen. Um, we talked about that in the book too, is like, Hey, if, you know, if this is like you blew out your ankle, don't always just follow the advice in the book. You're going to need to get a professional to help you out and rehab it because it's more complicated than that. But if this is the typical, you know, grade one, grade two ankle sprain. Yeah, you can deal with that yourself if you have a little, little guidance. And so I've tried to write the books to, to help those, to help those folks and that's good i mean yeah none of us like going to the doctor especially once you're like over the age of 40 because it's never good news ever yeah <laughs> it's never good news and i Ted and i have talked about this before what really kind of rubs both of us the wrong way is you go to the doctor you're trying to get you know 
fixed up, taped back up, or, you know, whatever to, from an injury, and then they find out, oh, you're a crossfitter, oh, you're an obstacle course racer, you know, and then they just give you a hard time like you're some schmo, and they just, they don't, they, I really don't feel like they treat you the same a lot of times um, because they don't really understand what, you, what we do and why we do it, and they don't understand that, you know, yeah, we understand there's risk doing these things, just like doing the yeah. rodeo, you know, there's risk. But that's what life's about, and that's what makes it fun. And like you said, there's people on journeys here, and an ankle is not as important to what they're trying to do emotionally or physically for other reasons. And so they, you yeah. can just help them do that, and it's their choice. Yeah, okay, they're, they're at risk for re-injury, but how can we help them not be as big a risk? How can we help them compensate around it and still get their goal um, and, you know, and, and meet that, what they want to do in their life? And just sometimes you just get pulled back on those things that I don't appreciate. I know Ted doesn't appreciate, and I don't think it's fair. I mean, you need to, everyone's got their journey. You need to help them with that, whatever it is. Oh, I fully agree. Um, that's why I've been lucky. I got lucky. My doctor is one of those that I think she thinks I'm insane for doing what I do, but she understands it. Um, when I, earlier this summer, I had a, uh, a hernia. And my doctor, when she, you know, did everything, checked it, she's like, if you were anybody else, I would say wait and see what happens. But she's like, I know what you do for fun, and you're going to make this worse, so let's get it fixed now. And I appreciated that from my doctor where she's like, you know, I know what you do, and you're going to go out there, you're going to lift something, you're going to make this hernia worse. So let's fix it now because I know what you do. And she even... She was like, okay, when's the next race you have to be at, you know, that you really want to be at? And I'm like, oh, well, it's Hawaii. And she's like, okay, so we need to do it before this date so you're healed for that. And she actually helped me plan to get the surgery done in a window where I would be okay not racing. So, oh, wow, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. So oh, that's, that, that's where I got lucky is my doctor. She's, but I've been going to the same doctor for a long time, and she knows that I, I'm not really good at, like, when someone tells me, hey, you know, you're probably not in the shape and you probably shouldn't be doing this. And I'm like, well, that just gives me more motivation and I'm going to go do it anyway. So, <laughs> Exactly. Don't tell me no. No, that's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good positions out there. Don't get me wrong. And it sounds like you got a fantastic one that's willing to work with you. Um, I just wish more were like that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I mean, I've seen way too many that are, you know, and heard way too many stories from people that are like, well, you know, my doctor says I shouldn't do this because of this. And it's like, didn't they give you an option of a way to do it around it or a way to, you know, still be able to do it, but, you know, on a lighter scale? They're like, nope, they said I just shouldn't do anything. Yeah. And I'm like, eh. yeah. That's where I made, you know, and I've said it repeatedly, I made my mistake when I broke my foot. I mean, I did a pretty good break on it. You know, second, third, fourth, and fifth metacarsals all broken. I yeah. basically use that as an excuse. I'm like, oh, well, my foot's broke. I guess I can sit on the couch and eat potato chips. And then I ended up getting bigger. You know, and my doctor at that time was nice enough that they said, okay, yeah, you can do, you can do the Hawaii Spartan with a broken foot as long as you leave the boot on and you don't land on that foot. Just promise me that, and I'll give you an okay to do this. And I'm like, cool, I'm doing it. Yeah. But at the same time, I didn't do a whole lot besides that. And then once I got out of the boot, my foot doesn't work right. And they're like, it's never going to be the same. You're going to have to learn how to use it the way it is. And I never really caught that. You know, I had gained a bunch of weight back, and now I'm heavier. Now there's major issues that all compound on that foot. And, you know, like we talked about, I joined the Y so I could go use the pool. Because I'm like, yeah. at this point, I need to drop the weight 
or I'm never going to be able to run on that foot again. So yeah. I can need to get the weight off, and then I think I can get to it, you know. So, I mean, it's, uh, that's what's nice. I, is, I mean, can... yeah, me, uh, I was going to say it was just, you know, talking to you and being able to, like, hey, this is what I'm thinking, and you're like, yeah, that's a good plan. That's what you should do. And that was good. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think you never can underestimate what a person can do when they're motivated. So, I mean, you hear stories about that all the time. And, you know, if you give it enough time and the right training um, and a good plan, there's a lot of – I mean, you can overcome so much. Is everything overcomable? No. I mean, there are certain things that are just – you know, you can't, right? You, if you're paralyzed, yeah. right? I mean, it's there's just certain obstacles at this point we can't overcome um, in the medical community, but there are so many, so many, a vast majority of them that with the right training, you can learn to compensate or you can actually just, you know, recover from it. The body's pretty amazing when you give it the, the time and the right stimulus and good nutrition. Oh, I agree. You can't negate that. No, I agree. I mean, I've seen so many people, it's like uh I always talk about, and I've had him on the po- podcast, Casey McAllister. I don't know if you've ever heard of Casey. He has no legs, oh, and he's yeah. done multiple Spartans. And I can remember the first time I saw him, I came around a corner, and I was at that point in my brain where I'm like, this is stupid. I don't know why I'm out here. I'm too fat. I shouldn't be doing this, and I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I come around the corner, and I see this guy with no legs just trudging along, and I'm like, what damn excuse do I have? I mean, this guy, you know, you know, they threw everything at him and he's out there going, I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm like, okay, I just, I have no excuse. I mean, I chose to be fat, so I just need him to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Well, well. you see that all the time in the OCR community. A lot of people that have been injured or come back from stuff and there's a lot of episodes of the podcast that are like that where I talk to people who have either come back from a major injury or come back from um, I did one with a, an amazing girl Tatiana who came back from drug addiction um, and used OCR to come back from drug addiction and now is actually a uh, drug addiction counselor um, you know I've talked to a few people that have just lost massive amounts of weight by doing OCR and that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's great to me to hear those stories. I love hearing those stories of someone who has been injured or whatever and has come back from it. And that's why I like talking to people like you who help people do that. You know, I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's it's inspiring for me too, to see people like Ted that, uh, Ted's a little bit older than I am, not that much, but a little bit. And, you know, he's had a rough time of it for the last six months, but you wouldn't know it. I mean, he, he puts his time in, he puts training in, and he still is going out. And I'm doing this race, this race, that race. And, um, and that, you know, that's what you got to do. You just put your best foot forward. And, you know, I, he was talking to me about the Montana, I think it was the Montana Beast. And he's, you know, not running, but he's walking up the hills and he's getting it down. And it might not be any, you know, PRs, but he's, uh, he's out there. And it's, it's an inspiration to see people that just won't quit. Um, oh, flipping day. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's good for everyone. I mean, it's good for him, and it's good for everyone to see that because uh, that's what life's about, right? Not not giving in to all the, the big and little things that are holding you back. No, I agree completely. Um, you know, I mean, I've seen Ted and, you know, some of his injuries, and he keeps just going. And, I mean, you know, Ted's older than dirt, but, I mean, he just keeps doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's amazing. Why? You can be in the geriatric division. And you can yep. still be out there competing beasts and ultra beasts. So it's fantastic. 
Oh yeah, and I mean that's one of the things. You know, guys like like Ted. Ted really isn't that a whole lot older than I am, but it gives the rest of us hope that you know when we get a few years older, you know, everyone tells you you hit fifty, fifty-five, you're done. And Ted's out there going, no, I'm like ninety and still doing it. So I get my first Denny's <laughs> discount in two weeks. Uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Luckily, there's only two Denny's in the Boise area, so I feel like I'm being shortchanged for my 55th birthday. Yeah, yeah you can only get two. two. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you got guys like Ted, I mean, you know, and I've seen, you know, some of the things with Ted, you know, he's had the leg injuries and stuff like that, and he just, he finds ways to keep working, even when he has it, he's, you know, gets the workouts going out there in Idaho and in Boise and I mean he, he's an inspiration to all of us so I mean don't tell him I said that I mean he can't hear me anyway so I'm good but take a shot Mike <laughs> yeah that's right that's right well and you know it the the key is it's so hard because everyone's injury is different um, yes. and everyone's path is different but there's definitely some keys to like keep in mind with that and the first thing you know I was telling you is you got just have a plan, right? Like, what do you want to do? And then let's back it up and see, well, what do we need to do to get you there? You know, let's, let's get that dialed in as best you can. Maybe you won't be at 100%, but maybe you can limp through this one, and then you'll be dialed in for the next one. Or, or like your doctor said, like, okay, where's the key races, right? Where, what's, yeah. where's that line? Like, okay, I can't miss this one. What can we do? And maybe you do have to drop out of, you know, some that don't matter as much to you if there's something bigger you're going for. Um, but starting with that plan and a realistic plan of what you're going to do to get there, um, I think when you most of the time when I see people fail, it's because they, they, they just plan to fail. Like they didn't really have a plan how they're going to get there. They're just kind of hoping, hey, you know, I'm going to show up and do this. And they end up getting hurt worse. So they just kind of fizzle out and realize, oh, I can't do it. Um, and that's no good. I mean, just, just figure that out. You know, what do you want to do? And then, you know, have someone help you. And if you can do it on your own, that's even better. And if not, there's lots of people out there that, that can help you do that. And if you're recovering from um, any kind of injury, then that should be part of that, that planning process. Like, okay, you're going to need this much time to recover to this stage, and then you're going to need to be able to do this for that part of recovery. And then at some point, you kind of got to get back to your sports-specific recovery. And, you know, do we have enough time to get in there? Because OCR racing in particular, I mean, your body's got to be able to do a lot of different things. It's not just a road race or a swim meet or um, even across the competition. You know, it's, it's just different. And so you have to get to know what the person's going to go through and then how can you get them physically ready to do that. Um, and it's not really rocket science. It's just kind of backtracking and thinking through, okay, this is what they're going to need to do and how are we going to get there? Yeah, and, and the plan's the big part. It's like, you know, I was, you know, I pick on myself a lot where I'm like, you know, I got injured and I sat on the couch and ate potato chips. That's not completely what happened, but really what it came down to is I didn't have that plan. I kept coming up with plans in my head. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run. I'm going to run this much each week and everything else because that's always been the way I did it. I've always lost my weight and did everything by running. But then I would get a day into that, and I'd run, and I'd get horrible back pain, and my foot would be killing me. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to run tomorrow because that just hurt too much. And I kept trying to do that over and over again with that same plan. And then it was like finally my brain's like, dude, it's not going to work. You need to change your plan. Yeah. You know, yeah. time to, and it's time like, to change okay. the plan. 
yep, time to change the plan. This one isn't working. And I think that's where a lot of people get stuck is they get in that, like I did, they get stuck in that, well, this is my plan and this is what I'm doing. Yeah. And then the plan's not working, so they just get frustrated and they throw it out. And it's like, no, don't throw the plan out. Redo it. You know, yeah. okay, you know, yeah. running isn't working for me. Maybe if I, you know, do what I, you know, join the Y, go over there, swim twice a week, bike twice a week, and then maybe once a week, if I'm feeling like it, walk for a, a, mile, a mile or two and get used to that motion again before I try running because that's you start getting that running and the constant thump, 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 and, you know, all that stuff, and that's where the pain comes in. But if I walk, I can walk. I mean, I walked the entire Montana beast and I did it because I walked and I was okay. My foot was okay because I walked. But the second I tried running is when I start having issues. Yeah. So, and I see, you know, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. And I see it, you know, I've worked with a lot of runners um, and, you know, runners are really notorious for never wanting to stop running, no matter what, right? Their leg is falling off and they have to keep, they got to get their miles in for some reason. Yep. And that's just kind of their mindset. But what people forget, like, you know, after an injury, you can't just go back to what you were sometimes. you got to taper that back up. And so in a case like you, the first thing we would, you would, you know, after you, you know, you've gotten to your second plan there where you're doing the wine, you're doing the swimming, doing the biking, it's like, okay, at some point, Mike needs to get back to running. So how is he going to get back to running? Don't put him out there and say, Mike, go for your five-mile run. That is going to be a recipe for disaster. It's like, okay, you're going to go this distance, half mile. You're going to run, walk, you know, these intervals, and that's it. And if you feel great, fantastic. Do not go more than the set distance. And then next time, if everything felt great, you're going to do your run and walk, and you're going to go an extra, you know, one, you know, one quarter mile or half mile, whatever it was predetermined, and that's it. And you just have to stick to that regimen no matter what. And that's where people really screw up a lot of times is, you know, you're feeling fantastic. And so if I feel good now, if I do another mile or two, I'm going to feel great so I can get, you know, so I can get back faster. And it really doesn't work that way. You have to be so careful in how you taper up the volume on a lot of these activities. Um, otherwise, you blow yourself up again and, you know, you just set yourself back. And so, like a good rule of thumb for for that is I never increase people more than about 10% at a time with their volume, and that can be really low um, if you're already starting at a low level, right? Um, but that's just, you know, your body can only accommodate so much stress, and, you know, muscles and things can accommodate more, it, it, but the, the ligaments, the cartilage, the bones, they take a while, and they've, they've got to be able to absorb that stress and then recover from it. So the cycle, I, I'm always you know, harping on people about it, it's stress, recovery, and adaptation. And if you overstress, you are not going to recover, and you're not going to adapt. And not only are you not going to adapt, you probably just set yourself back. And so it's always that same cycle, stress, recovery, and adaptation. Um, and it has to be at a very you know, consistent rate over time so you don't blow yourself up, especially coming back from, from an injury, but anytime when you're trying to progress your, your training to a new level. Yeah, and I've seen that with quite a few people in the group and, you know, just people I know where they have an injury and, like me, they're they're itching to get back out there. It's like, oh, my goal this year was, you know, this many trifectas or this many races, and now, you know, I need to get out there and do that, and they're not listening to their body and going, hey, maybe you should take a step back. I mean, I was 39 before I took myself out of a race and said, you know, I probably shouldn't do this and yeah. decided not to race, and that was 
basically because Montana last year in the beast, I tore my bicep and my uh, my pec mm-hmm. on beast wow. in mile like three, and then I finished the race. And then, <laughs> yeah, the next day I'm like, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do the, the sprint. And I got up and my right boob is like twice the size of my left. And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should take a break. You know? <laughs> but exactly. I mean, you know, that, that was the hard part with my, you know, mentality was, is I'm going to do it anyway. And then I wake up and it's like, okay, my right arm doesn't want to work. And my right boob is twice the size of my left. I'm like, I think I may have done a lot more damage than I think I did. And I think it's time that I sit out, sit out this race. Yeah. You know, and it can be it such really, a hard call. Oh, it really, it can be really such a hard call because who isn't sore after a race, right? I mean, yeah. everybody <laughs> go beat it up after the race, but there's varying degrees of how bad is bad. Um, and that obviously was a good call on your part. Um, when things are swelling, you know, significantly past their normal size, that yeah. can be a sign. Yeah, you better take it a little bit easy before you really do some, some damage. Um, or, you know, when something tears off and is still hanging off a ring, that's usually a good time to, uh, you know, pack it in for the day. So, yeah, but, you know, those young people are tough. <laughs> Too tough sometimes they do crazy stuff and that's why it's a cool sport but um you want to have longevity in the sport too yeah definitely um let's take a quick break for our commercial and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more sounds great Gray's Harbor Unders makes the performance-based layer clothing you want and need. Whether you work, hunt, hike, fish, run, or ride in the great outdoors, if you work up a sweat, Gray's Harbor Unders are for you because their unique dual-layer fabric removes moisture from your body and keeps your skin dry, even when the outer layer is completely wet. It's a base layer like no other. Get you some at ghunders.com. That's ghunders.com for the best performance-based layer you'll ever wear. All right, we're back from commercial. So we were talking about, you know, really coming back from injury and stuff like that. Um, so you were saying kind of the taper method. How mm-hmm. – I'm just trying to think, of, like, how to – how do you determine, like, with each – is it, like, each individual is different, like, depending on the injury, depending on the severity, on how much you come back? Or, I mean, how do you kind of determine where to, to bring them back in? Or when you got someone like Ted who's just like, I'm going to go do this race, what do I need to do so I don't die? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is really a nuanced answer. Um, you know, with Ted, he he caught a little flack. Um, I would say that it's like, um, you know, you haven't trained as well as you probably should. You know, are you sure you really want to jump into some of these races? And his answer is, yep, I'm going to do it. And you know, I'm going to, but I'm going to walk. I'm going to do this and do that, so that way it's a little safer. And it it worked out just fine for him. Um, and so you have to kind of meet the person where they're at. You know, if I was designing Ted's program, I would have probably advised, you know, you really need another good month of training before you're going to really try to jump in and, and you know, semi, you know, get back to where you were. Um, but that was okay. That wasn't really his goal. You know, if you really, and I don't want to speak for you, Ted, if I've got this wrong, but your goal wasn't, you know, you knew you weren't going to go PR in Montana, but your goal was you're going there. And same with, you know, Canada. You're like, I'm going up there and I'm going to do the race. Um, but I know it's not going to be my best race. And so that's fine. So what's the, what's the person's goal? Um, so you, but you know, that's where it gets really nuances. What's their goal? How bad is the injury? So if it's yeah. something minor, you can jump, you know, you rehab a little bit and you can jump in uh, maybe midstream or two-thirds what they were and then taper them up from there. 
if it's something major, you know, where they blow out an ACL, I mean, you've got to dial back their expectations because even pro athletes take nine to 12 months to recover if they ever even fully recover. There's plenty of examples where, you know, people blow an ACL and they're, they're just done in their sport for any competitiveness because they just can't get it back. Um, yeah. And so you really have to look at how bad is that injury and what's really, how long really is it going to take to recover. And then from that point, you kind of put your flag in the ground and say, okay, here's where we're at, and then here's where we're going. Um, but so it really does depend on the severity, what was injured, and then what's the person's goal. Those are kind of uh, three things that I that I look at. Ted, what, I mean, what was your thoughts and experiences with that? Well, I mean, number one, <clears throat> Montana was it just, I have to. I mean, that's all there is to it. Montana, um, you have well, to do Montana. I, I, I went to REI. Got some poles. I broke one. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the, the prior year, um, my time in Montana was just under four hours. This year it was eight hours, ten minutes. And it was heartbreaking. But I just, I had to do it. Um, Miriam stuck with me the whole time. You know, she, I, I even told her, just go. You know, I'm fine. She stuck with me the whole time. Uh, Patrick Olson was volunteering at one of the sandbag carries, and I just kind of sat down and chatted with him for a while, trying to fake it like it wasn't a settling torch going on from head to toe inside my leg. Um, yeah, because I think you you went and got to Patrick right before we did, because Patrick was telling you that you telling us about you when we got there. Yeah, I um, and then I sat out a bunch of races. Uh, Miriam joined like Christina Horton and other people, and just had a great time and. Um, it was good timing. I had my granddaughter for a, a little over a month, so I was able to just be with her while she did the kid races and whatnot. And that, that was, that's an irreplaceable experience by far. So, I mean, timing worked out, but I could only sit out so long. And so um, all the accommodations were already paid for for Kimberly weekend. So I basically hiked all three of those races and um, got it done. Wasn't happy with you know, the circumstances, but I got it done. Um, <clears throat> basically, Ben's been working with me on two injuries. You know, I mean, last year I turned my ankle into a soccer ball at the Beast OCR camp out on Mount Rainier, and yeah. I'm still still working with that one. And then the whole spinal fusion complication thing that happened at the uh, Seattle 12-hour at 2, 3 in the morning. And, you know... Ben just kind of dialed me in, you know. He's known me long enough. He knows what I do. He knows I'm stubborn as you know what. And yeah. uh, we got some strengthening going on. And so at the Portland Sprint, I decided that even though I'm in the open, I'm not doing age group or nothing, I'm going to see what I can do. And um, it felt good to actually run a whole race again, except for the uphills. I actually I ran again. And I didn't think I did too bad. Uh, my final results, because the open on athletes, they combined the morning and the afternoon. And so I was 18th out of 118 people my age group. So, you know, and that's a four-hour spread, a four-year spread, not a 10-year spread like age group bracket does. But yeah, so I kind of, not to toot my own horn, but I was patting my own back, kind of like, wow, that felt good. And it's so good. I've just been hitting the ankle exercises. Um, everybody knows the ground is horrible at the Seattle venue this time of year because it's been oh, hardening yeah. up all, all summer long. And um, 
I'll probably take got October all the stuff off. We tore up and got all the stuff we <laughs> tore up in April. Now it's dry. Yeah. Um, anybody that's ever done the Dallas venue, same thing. It's all been ripped up by horses and cows and everything. And then there's Sacramento. There is no ankle breaker like Sacramento. It is brutal. And um, you guys have seen my Pro Team Tuesday videos that I do with our Pro Team members and whatnot. Uh, I'm going to be doing one myself pretty quick here with a lot of ankle strengthening movements that Ben has taught me and whatnot. And you know, with emphasis on Sacramento, because I know quite a few of our team members are going there. And, um, you, know, when, when, you know, when I did this last summer, I'm pretty good at hiding what I'm really feeling when it comes to stuff like that. It was only the first day into the camp out. I was on my way to OCRWC in Canada. I made world championships. I'm top of the world. And in a split second, that was thrown in the garbage, gone. And, uh, you know, just trying not to impede on everybody's good time. You know, there's about 18 of us camping, you know, and just kind of like I, I kept wandering off, shaking my head, going, man, this is a flipping nightmare. Um, I think bottom line, you know, it was just stepping on a tree root while I was talking. I didn't do anything specific. I was just walking, stepped on the edge of the tree, tree root, but I honestly believe that had my ankles been stronger and worked at that time, I don't think that would have happened, or at the very least, it would not have happened to that severity. And, um, you know, I, I can't go back and change it. Um, like I say, it was devastating. You know, they even had a competitor photo of me for OCRWC with that, you know, with the emblem on it, the whole thing, you know, said Kylie USA, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I still look at that and shake my head going, man, you know, so much can change because of one split second and it was preventable. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, Rhonda Keller, for those of you who know her, she's here in Idaho. She's also a client of Ben's now too. I referred Ben to her. Um, she came off the rig at Utah and I didn't witness it, but I saw the aftermath on Facebook posts and it, it, it's, it, it's hard to look at. It just, she really ripped her ankle up big time. And, um, you know, same thing. And I think we all need to, how should I say, we work on the big things, the running, you know, the power, the, the core strength and everything else. But we forget about the little things like the wrists yeah. and the ankles and whatnot. And so I, I think a lot of us need to turn back a couple of gears and start focusing on those little things because they matter. Oh, I agree. I mean, that's one thing that I, I don't mention it a lot, but some people know I have, I shot my knees out 20 years ago. I destroyed them. And I, I don't, I try not to wear braces because I've always found when I wear a brace when I run, it actually, it seems like it bothers me more. So I try not to wear braces so I can strengthen the muscles and keep my legs going. But if I turn just right, my knees aren't happy. That's why I quit running the first time. And, you know, eight years ago, I blew my knee out running a half marathon. Now, and made the wonderful choice of my knee popped at mile six and I finished the half marathon. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so hard when you're when you're in a game like that to to know when to like the old song says, "No one to hold them, no one to fold them." Um, yeah, 
and I'm, you know, I'm not saying I do any better, to be honest. I've, you know, I've, I've hurt myself too, doing stupid things or, you know, maybe not taking through the consequences. But when you're in the moment, you know, you just kind of got the adrenaline going and you want to, you want to finish. Um, yeah. yeah, that says something about the person too. I think that's, um, it's good. And, you know, there's consequences after, but, you know, like you said, you now that's where your training has to be even more spot on when you have these kinds of things. So in your case, you know, you've got knees that aren't good. So, you know, you need to have super strong hips, super strong legs, you know, yep. good balance on your ankles. So that way your, your feet and ankles can absorb some of it. Now you've got the problem with the foot, which, you know, is going to be problematic for the knees, but it's, you know, it, that's what training is for. Training is for, so when you go out on the course, you can have fun and you can do your best. So you, you really want to work really, really hard in the training. So that way you do, you just have a blast out there. And then yeah. um, sometimes all the pieces come together and you really rock it. Um, and other times, you know, you just kind of grind out and that's okay. That's the character building side of it all. Um, but the, the training is where the money really is. And, you know, it's so cliche and all the memes and everything else, you know, that's, it's, you know, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Um, but it's, I mean, the training should be fun and you should enjoy it. I um, mean, if you don't enjoy the training part of it, it's really hard to, to do well in any sport. Um, and, you know, and, and, the, and when we get the age that some of us are here, middle-aged, there is rarely a one that's not going to have something that's going to bother you. And so if you've got that something, okay. you're silly not to, to you know, um, work on it, right? And the spot training, there's a, I just think it's crazy not to because you're just setting yourself up to have something happen. And there's always going to be the thing you can't plan for. But if you oh, don't, yeah. then, pl then plan for it. Then plan for it. And like Ted, you know, he's been working really, really hard on his ankle mobility and his ankle strength. Um, and it's come a long way. Like in the training side of it, I mean, he's come leaps and bounds. You can really see how that balance has improved, his ankle strength has improved, and, you know, it's starting to show on the course. And as time goes on, you're going to see, see more and more. And, you know, it hasn't been a smooth ride for, his, for him on his recovery, um, but, you know, that's, you know, rarely is, to be honest. It's usually up and down, up and down a little bit. As long as you're still, you know, improving, that's what you, that's what you go for. But it's never, never a linear ride most of the time. It's, it's up and down. you got to grind out the training and the recovery as much as you do the actual race. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I, I mean, I blew my knee out. My, my last one that I did, when I, I blew it out, I did it at work when I was in my 20s. And luckily I had a physical therapist who basically, like, explained it. At that time, anyway, she said that my knee would actually probably come back because I didn't tear everything through. It was partial tears on like on my knee. And she's like, mm -hmm. physical therapy at that point anyway, physical therapy, she's like, your knee's going to probably come back stronger and you're going to be able to be better because you're going to, you, we're going to teach you how to like make your legs strong around your knee. She's like, mm -hmm. then the surgery will, but it'll take longer. And so yeah. that's what I did. I, I did physical therapy for almost two years with braces to get my my knee back to where I felt good. But even then, I've never played tennis again. I've never played racquetball because I was afraid of that quick movement that I was going to blow my knee out again. Yeah. So, you know, and that's kind well, of, you know, that's, my, yeah. That's, oh, that's the choices you make for the things you like to do, right? I mean, again, yeah. you know, for, sometimes it's time. So, like, in this phase of my life, I, I don't have as much time as I'd like. I'd love to go up with Ted and hit Canada and Montana and all these other places. I think that'd be awesome. I really wanted to go to uh, the OCR World Championships. I think it was two years ago when it was maybe in Toronto. Um, but 
just wasn't gonna, it just wasn't in the cards, you know, with family and work and, you know, that's just the way it is um, sometimes. But, you know, you, you do have to make a priority for some of the things you like to do. And if that means no tennis, cause you're like, hey, I don't like tennis as much as I like this thing anyways, then you can focus yeah. more attention on the thing you like, like the most. Um, and we all make those choices. And I think that's just part of, part of the hard part of being an adult. <laughs> I yeah. think there's, the the millennials have a new term for that. It's called adulting. Um, so that's the that's the hard part of adulting. You know, you have to make hard calls sometimes. Yeah, but I want I don't want to adult anymore. <laughs> no, it's no fun. <laughs> no fun adulting. I keep trying to figure out where I can turn in my membership, but they keep telling me no. Yeah. Once you get your Denny's card, there's no going back. You can't yeah, get, you can't get the <laughs> Denny's card back. <laughs> oh, so. What kind of advice would you have for, you know, us, like you know, guys like me and Ted that are getting up there a little bit in age, you know, and for maybe even the ones that are younger coming up, what, what advice would you have to make sure that when we're, you know, old as dirt like Ted, that we could still be doing these OCRs? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, you know, I'll be honest, there's some bias here, obviously, as a physical therapist, um, but I really think that everybody just like you go to your doctor for your annual exam, you really should go to a PT, a good PT that understands what you do because you don't come to me for golf advice. You know, I'm, I'm terrible at golf, uh, so I'm not going to be your best guy for rehabbing a golf injury, but go to someone that knows your sport, what you do, and just have them do an assessment of you, right? Let's see, where are you weak? Where do you need to focus and spot train a little bit? We spend a lot of time training um, which is great, you know, weightlifting, CrossFit, all the things people do. But when you get to be a certain age, there's going to be little things to creep up on you um, because of your adulting life. And if you can have someone pick out, you know, a few weak areas, then, you know, it's a good chance you can pre prevent something from happening. And a good example of that is um, I see this all the time and just had a client today that we've been working on, you know, just getting going on some acute tinnitus stuff. And then she tweaks her knee, and the reason why she tweaks her knee is the same reason why she got her kids tinnitus. Is she's got, she's really a strong lady, except for one area in her hips, and that is changing the way she moves during her running and CrossFit and different things, and it's it's leading to injury. And so knowing that, and if we knew that ahead of time, like before the injury started, you would have been saying, okay, focus on this, and there's a good chance you would have prevented. Um, some of these other things. And so if you can know where your weak area is, you got bad ankles or you got a bad back, then you need to have the strongest low back of anybody out on the course, right? And that's going to prevent yeah. you from re-injuring it most of the time. And if you've got bad knees, then you better have really, really strong hips, particularly in the, ex particularly in the external rotation uh, muscles, because they help support the knee way more than most people realize and they tend to get a little bit weak, and so it just predisposes you for knee injuries. So knowing those things, you can, you know, in the off-season, you can say, great, I got my list of three things the PT said to do, and you don't need to keep going back to the PT. Just have them write out. Here's what you need to work on. Here's a few exercises, and go to it. Um, and I think that's one of the best things people can do is just do a little prehab, you know, on the off-season and try to prevent things from happening. Yeah, that's... That's great advice. Cause, I mean, that's that is you know what's huge is movement. 
um, and how your body moves. I mean, I hear so many things from different people that they're like, oh, my God, my hip is so screwed up. And then they go to the doctor and they're like, well, it's not your hip, it's this. This is what your problem is, but because this isn't strong, it's making your hip hurt. You know, right. and we, people, you know, it's like the old song that we used to have to talk about as a kid. Each bone connects to this bone and this bone. It's the same with your ligaments and your muscles and everything else. The way they connect and the way they move affects the other one. So it becomes a domino effect, you know. Like you said, with my foot, my foot's messed up, so it's going to make my knee, you know, make it harder on my knee and everything else, you know. So it's, yeah, it all comes down to your movement and how you do it and what's strong, so. That's right, yeah. And it's always better to be stronger than not um, is kind of the first rule, but there's there's more to it. It can be more nuanced uh, than just pure strength, though you can't discount pure strength. Yeah, but I think a lot of times you get people that they end up trying, you know, they, they, they make their arms strong, but, you know, by making their arms strong, they didn't work enough somewhere else. And, you know, people, they get focused on one area, if you know what I mean. Like, you know, runners yeah. a lot of times will really focus on their legs and completely ignore their upper body because right. you don't need your upper body to run. Right. But, but really, you do. A little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, really, you do need your upper body, so, you know, but they, they forget that, and I think that's one of the things that's great about, like, going to PT, like you said, that said, hey, this is what I do, and can you help me and make sure that I'm going to be, you know, as healthy as possible doing this, what exercises, what do you think I should work on, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right, and I, and I you know, no offense to my PT cohorts out there, but Again, you need to see a PT that knows the sport and, you know, has an eye for that kind of thing because there's a lot of different PTs out there and they all do great work in their own way, um, but it's different, right? I mean, where your expertise is is different, and so um, you just have to make sure you find find that person that, that you have rapport with and that gets you and then, you know, can, can address your particular um, issue because we all – don't don't ask me to work with kids, right? I mean, if that's yeah. some of the pediatrics and the smaller stuff, that is just not my thing. I, I like, you know, if it's just an orthopedic thing, I had a really cool little kid um, earlier this year, and he had broke his leg, and we got him back running and jumping on the tramp. That was fine. I, I understand running and jumping on trampolines, uh, but, you know, you get some of these neurologic conditions and things. That's not my forte. There's a lot yeah. of really good PTs that will address that. Um, go see them. But if you know you got an orthopedic thing, or you want to, you're running, or you like to swing from bars, or pick up rocks um, for some reason for fun, um, then you know I kind of I understand that side of things, and I'm I'm happy to do that with you. And you know the other side of it is I agree with you 100. percent You got to look at the long term. Like what can you do to keep doing this? Because my yeah. whole clinic, the whole the whole point of that is I want to help people age well. And what does that yeah. mean? That means you're doing what you want to do for as long as humanly possible. And does that mean you're doing it the same? No. Everybody knows you don't, you're not the same at 20 as 60 and 80 and 100. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't do stuff. And I've had at least five, maybe six women that are 100 years old, 100 years old, still sharp in the mind, and they are complaining to me because their kids made them stop chopping wood the year before. Five people. And you're just like, that is awesome. If I could split yeah. wood, you know, and I'm sure she's not, you know, taking some humongous, you know, two-foot diameter log. It's probably some little kindling, but it doesn't matter. She's 100 years old, and she's got a hatchet, and she's wood. <laughs> it's impressive. It's fantastic. And that's what we all want to know. That's what we all should be like.
Oh, it is. And I mean, the one thing I really like about you and talking to you is not to sound bad, but you get some people in the medical profession who like, I'm a PT. I know all about PT. You're the opposite where you're like, I know this area of PT. This is what I know yeah. really well. And I can help you really well on this. I kind of know this other stuff. So I could kind of help you, but go, you should probably find somebody who knows that better. And that's, what's great. You, you run into too many times. I mean, in any profession where you get people that end up honestly doing more damage because they're like, this is what you should do when, you know, they're like, I know how to make someone a great tennis player and I'm going to tell you what to do to be a great tennis player, even though you're running OCRs. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, and it's not like, the same at all. Yeah. It's like, cool. I have a great backswing and everything else and I can make quick movement side to side, but after 10 feet, I want to drop dead because I have no stamina, yeah. you know? Or, you know, and, yeah. oh, hey, I got to lift that tire. I, I, I don't know how to do that because that's not what my PT taught me how to do. And that's what I think is great about you is you're like, okay, I know you want to do OCR. I understand what OCR entails. Let's take a look at you, figure out what we need to do to make that work. Yeah, yeah you know? exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And I think you should pick all your medical providers to some degree that way. I mean, there's times for a specialist. Like you get a brain injury, you better go see the neurologist, right? Um, exactly. But there's, I hear it all the time, you know, you go in the duck, oh, you know, my, my knee hurts and, you know, I want to I wanna squat 500 pounds again. And the doctor's like, no, no, you don't. Why, why are you lifting weights? It's, it's too heavy. And it's like, well, who determines what's too heavy and for you, right? If you were squatting 500 pounds before, maybe you can still squat 500 pounds. Let's take a look. Um, but, if, yeah. you know, the, the doctor's never been under the barbell. What the heck does he know about squatting anything? Not that exactly. much, probably, and, and no disrespect to his medical training, but there's just, it, it's not there, um, and I'm sure a lot of the, the people on the, the call or listening know about Mark Ripito, and boy, he blasts into that, and he's kind of a, a jerk-off about a lot of things, uh, but he's got a lot of good points, and he's not nice to PTs, let me tell you, and it's hard to swallow some of what he says, but he's got it exactly right a lot of times, too, and he got to listen to that tough feedback, and... Um, you know, and just kind of keep that in the back of your mind is we're not all good at everything. And so we don't have to pretend. And, yeah. and you know, and the same with races too, right? I mean, geez, there's certain, certain trains you're just not as good at running. There's certain obstacles you're just not as good at doing. And so you can either, you have, there's two strategies, right? Work harder and learn how to be good at that. Or, you know, say, hey, I'm just going to not worry about that. And I'm going to work on what I'm already good at. And, you know, I'll take the burpee penalty. <laughs> You know, yeah. whatever it might be, it just depends on the person and what, what their personality is like. It's okay. Exactly. And, I mean, when it comes to the medical field, I mean, not, I would rather have that person that is like, hey, I know all about this, but I know nothing about that. So if you need help with this, come talk to me. If you need help with that, there's other people that can do that. You know, yeah. and that's, you know, like I've, I've talked about my doctor and how great she is, and that's how she is pretty much. I'll go see her, and most of the time it's like, if it's something simple, She'll take care of it. She'll deal with it, whatever. But if it's something that she thinks, you know, this isn't really my forte. I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm a, a family doctor. You know, let's, let's send you over to a specialist and have them take a look just to make sure that you're okay. You know, she's like, I don't think it's much, but I don't know that area that well. So let's find out. You know, and that's, that's, awesome. that's what's good. Yeah. And I think it just back to the original conversation where it just speaks to knowing your limits. And that's hard, yeah. right? That's hard. So we, you know, Ted was kind of talking about that, like, you know, well, what, what really is his limits and where do you have to set 
a hard boundary and where can you kind of be in the float around in the gray a little bit. Um, and you too, right? You know, during your different injuries, it's like, okay, well, what's reasonable and where do I need to draw a line and say, yeah, we better not do that right now. And what's like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe if we do this, we do that. Yep, I can make that happen. Um, and it's a hard call. And if you have professionals you trust and good rapport with, they can help you make that call. But so many times I get asked, it's like, well, should I do this run? Should I do this? And it's like, you know, it's gray. Maybe, yeah. You're, you know, it's risky. You can, I think you can do it. We can give you some tools to maybe make it a little safer. But, I'm, you know, that's your decision, right? That's the person's decision. Yeah. I'll give you all the facts and I'll say, here's the, here's the problem. Here's some ways maybe you can alleviate that problem a little bit. But in the long run, you know, you as an individual need to decide how much risk do I want to take for that particular race and then go for it. And if you decide to go for it, awesome. And if you decide, eh, I'm going to bag this one, that's fine. Then get the next one on the schedule and get your plan and let's get going on your rehab. Um, and the, the worst you can do is, like, you know, like you were saying before by yourself, is you know, don't flounder for too long. Yeah. Get that plan. If it doesn't work, get a new plan. And, and go for it, and then realize that there's going to there's a lot of gray in what what you're doing, and you know you just have to find that that perfect balance for you as an individual and what makes sense for you and your body and what you want to do long term, right? No, exactly, and I mean that's the one thing I think a lot of people, myself included, have an issue with the plans, is you see plans as black and white. You know, yeah. this is my plan. This is what it is. If it goes wrong, like the world just ended. And that's not how it should be. It should be like, oh, hey, this is my plan. Oh, well, shoot, my foot's hurting too much when I run. Maybe I should adjust the plan and start swimming. You know, and yep. that's not where my brain went. My brain went, my, it hurts too much, so I'm going to slow down and back off. And then, oh, it still hurts. I'm going to back off some more. And by the time I was, like, finished backing off, I was walking into the car. Yeah. And that was about it. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, and then all of a sudden I would go do these races. And I mean, I'm pig headed and stubborn as much as the rest of us. I mean, I did a, a full marathon last year at 260 pounds. Well, yeah. So yeah. my doctor was like, Doable. you probably shouldn't, but I know you're going to do it anyway. So just take it easy. But <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, Ted, how did you decide? I mean, how did you? How did you, like, draw that boundary for you and decide, hey, I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to do that? Because I know you had to make some of those calls. So how did you go through that process? Yeah. Boundaries? Uh, yeah. Never heard never heard of her. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, it's got to know your limits. You know, you know I, 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 I think lately it's a little bit, uh, how should I say, just enough but too late. But um, I don't know. You just uh, you have to recognize you know, you just you can't push too far. I mean, when we we push ourselves constantly when we're doing this, but um, we just have to know, you know, recognize your limits. And you know, back to the age thing. Um, I don't know. It's uh, things are hurting a little bit more now than they did three, four years ago. That's for sure. Um, I just I know I'm going to have to be more aware of what's going on, um, both. You know, everyday life training and you know on the course as well. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm pretty spontaneous though. I mean, you know, it's kind of a balance between having a plan and just letting things you know happen, live in the moment kind of thing too. You know, I mean, yeah. kind of irrelevant, but that's why I try not to look at course maps too. 
you know, yeah. they just let it happen. And that's part of the challenge, part of the surprise. I agree. I don't look at the course maps either. I've had multiple times where we're on the course and someone's like, well, I think on the course map, this was next. I'm like, I have no clue. I don't want to know what's next. I just surprise me. And when the finish line's there, I'm happy. Yeah. yeah, I think that's fun. I mean, I realize, like, you know, elite racers and things like that. I mean, the strategy game is, is big um, yeah. for those guys and gals, and that totally makes sense. But for us that maybe aren't elite or, you know, just, you know, and even some of the tonight, you know, that are, are really strong racers, but they're not going to podium, it's, it's just nice to have fun and have be surprised. I agree 100%. That's kind of what I do, too. But I totally get the other game. Like, if, you're, if you think you have a chance at the podium, you got to strategize. And, but it's different, right? It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a whole different game, and I, I can't pretend to relate to that because there's no podium finishes in my future unless it's a really low-attended race. Um, and then, you know, if I'm the only one in my age category, so it's, it's just not going to happen. So I'd rather go out and have fun. But I'm highly competitive, so you won't see me lollygagging even if I could because it's something inside of me just can't. Um, and, it, you know, I think a lot of us – in the sport in that way and so and it's fun that's what makes it fun for me is that i just have to push even though i don't really have to push and that's okay and i think you know ted in fact your other thing about that you were saying um i i think you know maybe i'm strong but i think you did strategize what races you were going to attend because i think there was more to your thought process than just like a you know, I don't know if I can do it. I mean, you you looked at the calendar and you're like, yeah, I definitely have to be at these races. So if I got to drop this one or that one, okay, um, not the best, but yeah. worth it. I to, still. No, oh, yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was done. No, I just um, you know, Tahoe's coming up in like three weeks, and I still haven't signed up. Um, I uh, I'm gonna see how my ankle and my back do this weekend, and then I'll make that decision and um take it from there it, yeah and, that's a smart uh, way to do it right it's a it's a baby baby step and you're, you're going to test it and see and it looks good and then sign up for tahoe and hope that it's a little warmer <laughs> than it has been and uh, yeah you should be fine but, but maybe maybe it's good maybe it needs to be cold so you'll be so so cold and frozen you won't feel anything until you thaw out I'm a cold weather person anyway. You know, everybody's so scared of that swim. I think it's amazing. I'll jump right in. I grew up in Santa Cruz, though, and uh, Santa Cruz sits on the Monterey Canyon, which is uh, one of the deepest inshore canyons in the world. The water in my hometown is colder than almost anywhere on the West Coast, including all the way up British Columbia. And so it's just kind of a thing. And I found it soothing on my joints, and hey, I'm good to go. And I'd, I'd rather chill than sweat. I, I am the exact opposite. <laughs> I'll take the heat. Hmm. I, I am the anybody that knows me, all my friends. I, I take a lot of flack for being the uh, biggest wimp in the cold. I do not like cold, um, and there's nothing fun about it for me. I, I'll suffer through a little bit, but I'll take heat over cold any day. And see, I'm the opposite. I'm I can't do the heat. If it's hot, I have major issues. Last year in Hawaii, I, like, anytime we came across water, I was, like, diving into water that was, like, two inches deep just so I could try and cool my body off. I was really? so, I, I don't like heat. Like, this year for Hawaii, I had, what was it, five different, like, headband things that you could soak, and I was going to freeze them the night before. And, like, the things that you put on an infant's head when they 
they have a fever to cool them off. I had a whole like box of those that I was going to carry <laughs> oh, with well. me in Hawaii. Because I'm like, that idea. was my that was my biggest problem last year. I overheated so bad, and then this year oh, we had yeah. the the hurricane. Never happened. Yeah, that was a bummer. I mean, the, the you would you would have hated Utah. Yeah. Oh, I I've heard I would have hated Utah and Kimberly both would have. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, Kimberly, I mean, there was people that didn't even make it through the sprint and overheated. <laughs> and I'm like, I probably it wouldn't have made it the start line then. You know, I couldn't, yeah, <laughs> I do not do heat, you know. Yeah. It, I mean, I yeah, go to Vegas it, every year and do the Vegas race, but it's in March. I think it's mm -hmm. normally like 85 to 90, and it's a great course. But, yeah, either, even yeah. then I usually end up getting too hot. I didn't do Vegas last year because it was set to be 85 degrees, and there's still three feet of snow in my yard. They're like, nah, I'm not going from three feet of snow to 80 degrees. Nope. Yeah, you, I'll you wait. Done it. You should have done it this year because I, I wanted to, like, Hammond got us. Because the last couple of years, it's gone one direction. We've gone one way on the course. Well, Hammond flipped it, and we went backwards. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a water, like a, a river walk, that the last two years has been downstream. You walk downstream for, like, quarter mile. Well, he flipped it. This year it was an cool. upstream walk for a quarter mile, and that was the most, like, worst water, like, workout on my legs I've ever had. And I'm like, I need to go find a stream because that killed me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just deep enough that you couldn't lift your feet out of the water, so you had to drag them. You had to drag your legs nice. through the water upstream. Yeah. Oh, it was That's hard to do. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. Well, we've been we've been going for about an hour now, so we should probably cut this cut this off. Um, is there anything that either one of you want to say in close, closing? Um, Ted, you got anything you want to say in closing? Well, I'm I want to thank Ben, right? And, like not in front of everybody because obviously nobody can see us. But you know, I just like Ben was saying, it's good to have somebody helping you heal that's actually in the know and has you know, a, a full idea of what it is that, you know, you're doing and what you were doing when you got hurt and whatnot. And just say thanks, Ben. You know, you, you've helped me a lot. And I know he's helping Rhonda a lot, too. Um, I highly recommend following his page, his blog. Check out his books. Um, right, Kia, you said you would include the uh, link again like yeah. I have in the past. Um, you guys... Pay attention to little things out there. Um, it all happens when it does. You know, a little bit. How should I say? You know, a little bit of preventative work now, and it's just going to extend your fun longer. Yeah. Well, right. I, I appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast and to talk to everyone. And I, I definitely appreciate uh, getting to know Ted. He's always a, a load of fun um, and just a good guy. He's always there to help you out whenever you need something. So I. It's uh, good to have friends like that. Um, and then, you know, I appreciate all the kind words about the books and things. I, I got it set up on Amazon. So uh, Tuesday, right after the podcast is supposed to come out on Monday, I believe, Mike. And on yeah. Tuesday on Amazon, the PDF version of the ankle training book is going to be on sale for a dollar. So if anyone's listening, um, I'm sure you can, uh, if you're interested in some of the ankle stuff, uh, go check it out. It's only a buck, so it's not going to be uh, – not going to cramp your style too much, and I think it goes for five days, if I'm correct. So next Tuesday, for the next five days, it'll just be a buck. So 
um, if you want just the PDF version. Um, otherwise, just check out my blog. I got uh, thephysicaltherapyadvisor.com, and uh, everything on there is free. So all the lots of training advice from uh, you know about kine- last one uh, we were talking about was about kinesiology taping. Um, doesn't really work, and I've got a bunch of posts on there in different places you can tape and how to tape. Um, yes, I do think it works, by the way. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, there's a bunch of stuff on there, so check it out. I think uh, people find it interesting. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you guys both. Um, this has been a great episode. Um, I'm sure we'll probably have you on again sometime. And I'd be happy to do it. Um, maybe we'll set up a Q&A episode with you or somewhere. We can have everyone, a bunch of people ask questions that they might have for you, and then we can get on, you know, live and answer them all. So yeah, we'll no, that would be that. fun. That'd be fun. Yep, that'd be oh, fun. I like doing those. I've done, I've done a few of those um, uh, on another podcast, uh, Marathon Training Academy, which I, I write for them a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's fun. I love doing that. So, yeah. All right. Perfect. All right. Thank you, guys, and um, have a great evening. All right. Thanks. Have a good evening, too. Good night. All right. All right, Mike. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast brought to you by Beast OCR. Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear. You can find us on Facebook or at Beast OCR.